What is up, my sweet, beautiful people? It is an honor to be back in your ears. Welcome back to Deconstructing with myself, Curtis Cooper, and my illustrious host, Delaney Harris. Del, what is up? It's been a while. Hey, it has been a while. I am ready, though, for this new time in our lives, this new season. Welcome season to Deconstructing two. Season 2, people. Right? Yes, I'm very excited. I've missed doing this. Absolutely. So to kind of loop everybody into where me and Dell have been, um, so a lot of stuff happened in March, a lot of life things mm -hmm. for both of us. And so we had to take a break. And there were a few, like, controversies that we had to deal with and just for our own safety um we decided to take down most of the episodes that we've recorded so far mm -hmm. but after ironing that out we can confirm that the vast majority of them will be being will be re-uploaded yeah um, and uh those will be back for your perusal and i can say that season two is going to be even spicier than season one so we're not neutering ourselves at all. No. And eventually we will have every single episode be recorded back up, but some of those are time sensitive and uh, we'll communicate that to you when we have those back up as well. Yeah. So Dell, we decided to open up season two with uh, a bit of a delicate topic. What are we talking about today? Right. We are talking about the taboos of the female body. And uh, so in case anyone was not aware, I am not, nor do I identify as a female. <laughs> so I will be asking questions and listening for the most part today to what Dell has to say, because me and Dell are both very passionate about this topic, but obviously I can only be empathetic and not sympathetic to it from my own personal experience. Well said. So Del, when you think of the words taboo and female body, what's the first thing that pops into your head? In you your know, the, the first thing that popped into my head when you brought it up was not what I think we're going to talk about. It's actually more of um, like, I guess like almost like fashion popped into my head. Just like, oh, really? yeah, isn't that kind of weird? I'm not sure why my head went there, but it did. I just thought of the different ways in which I guess females express themselves. And then mm -hmm. when you started talking about like what you really meant by it, I was very fascinated by your suggestion. And so I'm ready to delve in today. So, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about the fashion angle and like why the term taboo was associated with that for you. I have no idea. That's a good it, question. I'm, it's just the knee-jerk reaction. It, yeah, it was just the knee-jerk reaction. I think a lot of it had to do like with the female body, like the way a woman's body is, I guess, like seen and almost like mm -hmm. shown off. A lot of times, circle mm -hmm. fashion, the way we, we wear our clothes, what clothes yeah. we choose, things like that. And so that's just where my head went. And I think there's also an expectation like in the workplace, which is something that I'm dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. um, I've never had an issue with my dress code in the workplace ever. And I still don't, but it's always been a stressor for me. And oh, really? Yes. And recently at uh, work, someone was talking about someone who was let go of 
um, previously, who part of that reason was because of, there's many reasons, but one of them was dress code. And I was just thinking about that when you brought up the topic and how it was a female and part of it was Mm -hmm. because she was overly sexualized and my question when it came up was was she over sexualized or did she over sexualize herself and that's like a big debate here and so because they were saying that she over sexualized herself but is that really the case but Mm, sounds sounds a little slippery there a little slippery yeah we might get into that topic another week too but that's just where my head went Oh, we will be deconstructing modesty sometime down the lane. For sure. Sometime soon. So, though, um, I realize that, like, when we talk about different kind of cultural ideas and things, me and you, obviously, have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And there have often been times where I've noticed something in my popular culture or something that you might not have noticed or vice versa. Right. So I'm curious to know if you have the same perspective as me on what I'm about to say. Okay. So let's talk about penises for a sec. Okay. Um, I feel like penises slash the male body are so like kind of just standardized throughout like media and like just social media feeds and like basically people think penises are funny, mm. right? Yeah, um, I see your angle there. Yeah, and like I mean, every comedian under the sun has some kind of joke about That's true. And everyone sees it as low-hanging fruit, uh, pun intended. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like men's bodies, like in my opinion, are like, I mean, we're objectified in different ways. Kind of like we're we're objectified more in like a, a muscle body dysmorphia, like gym bro kind of way. Um, But we're not really overly sexualized in the same way. Hmm. And why are like female body parts more sexualized? That's a deep question, Curtis. That's a very deep question. And obviously Uh, we are not an empirical podcast. Right. We're just two people trying to figure things out in life. Yes. So what, what do you think? Well, I think it goes back in our history a bit, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a historian by any means. I don't know a whole <laughs> lot about histori- history, but I do know um, what I enjoy reading about. And so what I've heard, and I don't know if this is accurate, what I've heard is that I believe it's Queen Victoria had a weird thing with the female body where she was afraid that any part of it was going to be sexualized. And so mm. she... Um, tablecloths that go to the floor have you ever you know seen the like the big fancy mm-hmm. tablecloths there's a theory yeah. there's a um i guess it's a myth it's a myth some surrounding, hearsay some hearsay surrounding that um tradition that started with queen victoria that she wanted to cover the very bottoms of the legs of a table because if a man saw the leg of a table he might think of a woman's leg and therefore think oh my gosh i know so i think that fear around the human body kind of made it a bit of a sexual thing i mean Mm -hmm. i think we're designed to find the female body attractive i mean like even females Mm -hmm. are a lot more common to find the female body attractive than they are to find male body attractive in a lot of situations but i think that that fear almost of like oh am i gonna sin am i gonna find this sexual has made it like more pronounced Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Now, you mentioned kind of we're programmed to find a female body attractive. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's more to do with how society has like objectified the female body? Or do you think that like the female body was designed to be more attractive than the male body? Or like our, our animal instincts are designed to like favor one over the other? That's a good question. I don't know. I think there's a lot of- <laughs> I mean, does anybody know? Right? I think there's a lot of instincts and a lot of um, like, okay, with the kingdom animalia, like the, often the men are more dominant. Again, mm -hmm. speaking from ignorance, this is just my opinion, but I feel that the men are often more dominant and that like concept that the male is more dominant means that he's going to be the pursuer. And mm -hmm. so him being attracted to the female body would make more sense in that it's more like appealing than for a woman to be attracted to a male's body in the same kind of aggressive way. Many of us have a sex drive. <laughs> so uh, that's actually an interesting topic. We should talk about it sometime. Sex well, write it down. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a friend who's asexual who might be down to come on. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be so interesting. I'd love to yeah. talk to him about it. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to see if he's down, but anyway, where was I? Am I trying to thought before that rabbit hole? Oh, we were just shooting the breeze about uh, the breeze. kind of the origins of Sexual. female sexualization. Right. I think a lot of it though had to do with film, like, especially like, mm. like towards the end of the 20th century, the way that women were depicted in film. And I, I, I've always had a fascination with how beautiful women were in film in like the 60s and 70s. And I don't know mm. why that is to me. I just think that they're very like sexualized, but like not in like a way that like I find offensive, but maybe I should, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, think that, I yeah. think that we're kind of programmed to be nostalgic for a certain era, even yeah. if like, obviously me and you weren't even close to alive back then. Like right. the 50s, 60s, and even 70s to a certain degree are so like idealized in terms of like how the pop culture was. They're like, oh yeah, that's just the way things were. Things were glitzy and like fabulous and everybody was just having a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Despite the fact that like Hollywood was a mess back then, even more so than now. Yes. And that I think that's also like interesting that we bring up like the Hollywood and how women are depicted because um, I think that the way a, fem a female's body is like depicted on television is often not entirely accurate. Like there's a lot of times there's like one specific like look that a woman has that's not like across, yeah. you know, the board. Mm -hmm. And I just find that interesting. In what way? Like kind of like body shape or like how yes. no, makeup is done or? Body shape. Mm. Mm -hmm. So kind of like the typical like, oh yeah, tiny waist, huge hips type of thing. Yes, like that hourglass shape. And a lot of women don't have that shape. Or if they do, it's not the exact like like replica. Because what is it, like 10 inches that was like considered ideal in the 60s or something like that? I can't Ooh, remember. The that sounds, that I sounds know. really unhealthy. Oh, I know. It was like they wanted a 10-inch difference between the hips and the waist and the chest and the waist, I think. Yikes. Yes. And so that like, that's not like, that's not reality. Everyone's a little bit different, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And every, everybody has features that like, like media or like culture would deem like imperfect yeah and everybody and I so I'm a personal trainer now uh, that's a life update for everybody <laughs> um if you want training give me a call anyway um something that I try to bake into my training is the ideal kind of body for everyone looks different like if 
I'm like 10% body fat, that's going to look way different from someone who's a different build, different height, who is also 10% body fat. And right. one of us might look more traditionally shredded than the other one, but we're the exact same level of healthiness. Right. And so bodies are different, man. Mm-hmm. So now the female body. Yeah. The, I guess, I want to be careful with like the terms I use, um, but just know that I'm always open to correction and suggestions. And if I say anything that's like out of date, then someone please message me, let me know. Yes, because um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm ignorant. <laughs> hey, we are always learning. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. So the biological female body mm-hmm. is different in several key ways from the male body. And those differences are often, I feel like, kind of not talked about openly, specifically in like kind of conservative Christian circles. Mm-hmm. And I want to start by talking about periods. Because I feel like, A, um, periods are still, at least in the circles that I'm a part of, still talked about kind of in a hushed tone, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, man, they're gross. Let's not talk about them. Yeah. Um, and obviously, mileage is going to vary, especially in these wonderful modern times we live in. But Del, like, tell me kind of like what you have seen with like people and like communication about periods and like throw in some personal stories if you like. Now, just to give everybody the disclaimer, me and Del talk about what we're going to talk about before every episode. So we make sure that the other person is comfortable answering questions. Mm-hmm. So everything is good. I'm not springing anything on <laughs> Del here. Mm-hmm. So your question um your question being what have I experienced in that realm of like being like they being like almost shunned or like hush hush yeah yeah about like periods in general like kind of like what what your opinion of how women as a in general are treated regarding it sure um so my personal experience um I never really had an issue with it until I was an adult like with like Mm -hmm. it being taboo but as mm. an adult, like I never talked with my friends in high school and like that just because like it wasn't like anything that came up usually. Yeah. But um, when I was in college and I started dating, I realized that like that's not something that like men want to know about. And that would be mm. frustrating because it's like part of like my life, you know, once a month, I'm going to have a period and my, yeah. my whole mood, my whole, my the whole, like even the way my body looks changes throughout the month mm. because of my cycle. And it just, it baffled me that that was considered to be like, quote unquote, gross. And I've been in relationships where if it came up, it was like this, like, oh, it's such a turn off. Like, I don't want to be near you anymore. And it's just, just well, that sucks. I know. And especially because like, I've been in relationships where like the person wanted like to have children and like would talk to me about like our children one day, but Mm -hmm. like, heaven forbid I have a period, which is like part of that whole like that's part of the process bro (laughs) yeah and I was and it was just like frustrating because I felt almost dishonored because I felt like because I was um periods aren't horrible for everybody and they weren't horrible Mm -hmm. for me for most of my life but whenever I would have like a really painful time 
and I'd be like, oh, like I'm in a lot of pain. I don't really want to go to this or do that. I just kind of want to like relax for a few hours. It was like this, like, um, well, like you're so boring. You're so lame. And there's not like, if you know me, there's not a lot that keeps me home. I'm almost always down to go do something fun. And so if you're tough though, you're a yes. tough person. Yeah. And so if I'm like, like, like not down, there's like a reason. And like, it's not like, I'm like, oh, I hurt a little bit. No, I'm actually in a lot of pain. And so it mm-hmm. was just frustrating to think that something I felt like I was doing for like my family, like my future family, my children. And now it's like, oh, well, I'm not, no, I have no interest in that, which I guess that's more deep maybe than just a surface level question. But I felt like it went down to even like my role as a future mother. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to honor like your future, the, the, the mother of your future children, you know? But yeah, it's like, I mean, I feel like if we're going to celebrate, celebrate one part of the process being childbirth, mm-hmm. then we need to celebrate like, hey, like, your body is like designed this way yeah and it's functioning like it should definitely yeah and I think there's even like a lot of like kind of stereotypes around women who are pregnant and how sometimes men say like it's unattractive I think that's something we should touch on too a little bit later in this Hmm. conversation or in another because I think it's let's touch on it now oh yeah okay let's do it like what unpack that well I've never had a child so I can't say like (laughs) I've experienced that (laughs) I have never had a child either no, but I've had male friends and I've had boyfriends who just find a pregnant woman to be unattractive. And so when it's like, I've had like friends who are pregnant and when like it's discussed, like it grosses them out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm like, I, yeah. to me, it's just like so disrespectful. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people say, well, you can't help what you're attracted to. You can do a point and you can certainly help the way you react to it especially don't be gross about it yeah especially in front of the woman who's pregnant and yeah and so um yeah it's just it's something that I think is like really disrespectful because childbirth is not easy child caring is not easy being a mother is not easy and I'm sure we can all agree for the most part on that but the attitude about it I think is a key factor in a good partner Mm. so everybody who's listening and if you date women, think about that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, part of being a good partner is not being grossed out if slash when they get pregnant. Yeah. And at least like if you, and I think there's some things that we can't help that bother us, but keep it to yourself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't always say the quiet part out loud. Yeah. There's some things that you can just keep in your head or go to a therapist. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a lot, but Anyway, back to periods. Um, what's another question you got in that area? Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. So, what do you think? What do you think needs to change with how people talk about periods, other than like just like openly being comfortable with talking about it? I think I'm gonna get a little bit nerdy on it, and I think I'm gonna say like the science needs to be more understood. Yeah. Um, and that comes, my opinion, purely from like YouTube and classes at Southern that I took and TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok is educating the masses these days. TikTok has educated me in so many things. Oh my goodness. But um, no, what we've learned is that the female body, like our whole, like the way we, are we the way we work in the gym, like the way we function in the gym, what works best for our bodies, our diet our mood, everything revolves around our cycle. And I think that it's like, to, like this weird, like almost like 
because it's so taboo we're not able to talk about it and so if you do talk about it with somebody it's like either they get weird or you get weird because you think they're gonna get weird you know it's like like, even i get weird talking about it with people because i'm just like is this bothering them is this not bothering them it's a force of habit exactly yeah and i think um i think under like accepting the female body is separate from the male body like health wise because we've always like held like males and females to similar like standards but because Mm -hmm. they're so different health wise i think it needs to be like reevaluated and so I think delving into like the very science of it is a good way to start to break the pattern and also mm-hmm. raising our, the next generation to be okay with talking about it, you know? And Absolutely. I like, yeah, like I remember I, I like working in schools and working at like places where children or teenagers live. I've experienced a lot of times where like when someone needed like a pad or a tampon, it was always like whispering in my ear, hey, can you get me? And I was always like, and I would like secretly hand it back to them to like out of respect. But in my head, I'm just like, why are we being so secret about this? Just mm-hmm. a period. Like it's not, you know. It's something that 50% of the world deals with. Yes, yes. I remember one time I was working at summer camp and um, I had a camper who had her very first period. Oh and, no, it I happened know. at summer camp. That's it happened the worst. At summer camp. Yeah, that happens a lot. I was surprised at how much that happened. But she... I wonder if like the stress of like, I don't know, being in like a new situation kind of triggers that. Oh, maybe. That's just me know. not not knowing anything about anything. Though. We should like Google that after this episode and find out. <laughs> we should. But um, no, she was doing a water, because I worked at the waterfront, but I was also the girls director. So I was in charge of like the girls section of camp. And I was also mm-hmm. like working underneath the waterfront director. And so I was like, it was kind of weird because like our like hierarchy to them extra funny because like I had like I was administration, but I was also like underneath of them, like position wise. And so I remember she, like someone radioed me and like, Hey, like she's going to be five minutes late to the boat to go for the water sport. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. But like, I need to tell like the waterfront director, cause he's going to be like all over me about this. And she was like, okay, well, I can't tell you, can you come up here? So I walked to the top of the hill and she was like, Hey, she's had her first period. I was like, Oh, no problem. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to let him know, obviously. And so I walked down and the waterfront director is yelling at me. He's like, we're going to leave her. Like, we don't need to be waiting. And I should clarify, it wasn't the waterfront director. It was the assistant because the director was gone, just in case you worked at camp with me. Don't get yeah. the wrong person. <laughs> but, get, get mad at the right person. <laughs> yes. But um, I kept saying, dude, like, just like chill. Like, it's fine. And then he was like getting like furious with me. And finally I turned around and I was like, dude, like she's on her first period. Relax. And like he got angry with me for telling him that. I was like, come like, on, man. Yeah, I know. I was like, she's a kid. I'm trying to respect her boundaries, but like he was going to pull out without her, like leave, leave her on the shore. I was like, no. And I was just, it was like so frustrating because it was like, there was like no like exception for her and under, like no understanding or giving her the benefit of the doubt. And then when I finally was like, hey, like this is what's going on. It was like, why would you tell me that? <laughs> so frustrating. Man, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I know. I'm not sure that story had a point. It was just a story that came to my head. Well, no, it's, I mean, it, it drives the point further of like how badly women are often treated for just their bodies working correctly. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that a lot of people would agree that like if men bled out of somewhere once a month, there would be extensive research about it. There would be extensive medication already, like widely available and free for it. And uh, it wouldn't be taboo. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. It being free. Do you know how much a tampon, like a package of tampon costs? 
I have no idea. Me neither, because I don't use them anymore. But like <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot, and they only last like like back when I used tampons, it only last me for one period. I think it was like ten or fifteen. I'm gonna Google it right now because I can't not know. That's important. I feel like that information is very relevant to this conversation. And also like like certain brands, and this is also something I heard online, so I could be wrong, but certain brands put bleach in their tampons so that you bleed more and for longer so you use more tampons. So oh, gosh. Say, I know if it's true. I think it's true. But anyway, yeah, 10 bucks for a package of Tampax. That is tampons. ludicrous. Yeah. Just to like stop yourself from bleeding everywhere. Yeah, and the thing is like, I understand that like we need to like sell things for like money, but like I think it's been drilled into our heads that we need to buy products like tampons and pads. But mm-hmm. like we actually like I use something that you can reuse every month and mm-hmm. you just clean it every month. And it's t- cost me 30 bucks the first time. It lasts me like like long, long like years. And we nice. have yeah, and so we have and I know I'm getting personal. Sorry, audience. I hope my boyfriend's not listening, but <laughs> we, <laughs> there's another welcome back to deconstructing. Honestly, like why does it bother me if he's listening though? Maybe that shouldn't bother me, you know? There you go. The taboo, right? But no, what was my point with that? Oh, but we've like convinced a lot of like, especially because like a lot of tampon commercials show like teenage girls like mm-hmm. needing them. And we we need to be like, I feel like we need to be educating our, our young girls. Like there are other ways mm-hmm. to handle a period that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg every month. Yeah. So they don't have to like surrender to the capitalist machine and like pay a bunch of money every month. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like there are other methods. Mm-hmm. and uh is, aren't condoms like free in some schools i don't know if that's true i didn't go to public school yeah and like you can you can literally just go to your local like health center and they'll just give them to you for free okay yeah and they'll test you for free oh wow i didn't know that important things i just look up like your local like health department oh did not know that it's a nice nice little nifty thing and um because i was doing research on this recently because just i was like curious about it and um i i uh called and asked like hey so like are is there any threat is like the roe v weighted stuff that recently happened so like i was like concerned about everybody yeah. and so i was like hey does that have any bearing and like if you all will ever like get defunded and they're like and they're like no we're good oh and i was like okay cool. that's reassuring yeah Definitely. So how do you think we should break the um, the tabooness around a woman's period? Um, so I think that, uh, I mean, a lot of my opinions revolve around things that men have screwed up. And I think that that's definitely a big part here. And I think that just part of it is like um, men not like, forcing people to have conversations about periods because like that's like not our personal business obviously right but um kind of having like more of an open mindset of like hey like if we need to talk about this and like it's just something regular mm-hmm. it's just something that happens yeah just like i mean it, it's as essential of like a life thing as like brushing your teeth or like bathing regularly yeah it's like it's literally the same thing right So I think that like, um, I think it starts with like, kind of involving both parents 
and kind of like talking with kids about things Mm. and obviously um it's going to be more likely that mothers talk to daughters about it and like regularly communicate about it because they both go through it right like that's totally fine but like it shouldn't be something you have to hide from the father that's weird yeah and that that just means that you feel like you're unsafe talking to him in some way and like that sucks yeah even if you're just like uncomfortable and it's not so much about safety it's still not yeah. a great feeling so i want everybody this is this is everybody's homework for this week i want everybody to go online to youtube and look up kian peel menstruation orientation because it is a a hilarious video and b actually really helpful because it's it's literally like kian kian peel are like kind of like these two talk show hosts to like go on this fake TED talk talk and like force men to hear about like what women go through with periods and uh one of them goes to like get up and leave when they hear it's about periods and they're like oh no you don't sit the flip down and listen for once in your life and it's a great video so look it up um so yeah uh periods are great wonderful uh features of the body um personally i'm glad i don't have to deal with that that's um, not so bad for you <laughs> some people have it a, a little bit tougher some yeah, people have it a little I was, bit easier i was being sarcastic 100 <laughs> percent, but yes it is easier for some and harder for others we're still getting into our podcast groove slash chemistry again mm-hmm. and del you have like a really like subtle way of being sarcastic i do and i i realized is that most people know i'm being sarcastic like most people think i'm either mean or an idiot but i'm just messing with people like 25 i didn't think you were being either of those i was just like oh wow she's serious <laughs> no no i'm usually usually i'm pretty lighthearted, but you just can't tell i mean you can but the average person cannot it's hard to tell over Zoom. We'll just say that. Yeah. I will say that, like, the teenagers I work with, they almost always know when I'm being sarcastic, which is good. But the teens know, man. The teens know. So, okay. Um, other, I guess, other ways that the female body is kind of like put under this taboo by culture. Um, I mean, Oftentimes women t- tend to be like a different shape than men. And that in and of itself is kind of stigmatized. Yeah, women tend to have a bit more curve to them than men do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like everybody like, because I mean, you have that kind of language baked into even like ships and cars. Like, oh, wow, look at those curves on that car. Oh, that's true. And, yeah. And it's like, yep, that was definitely born from like a kind of a male gazy type of mentality that's true my mom and i have a rule where if the car is curvy it's a female car and it's not it's a male car and i never really put that together but that's actually (laughs) exactly what that stems from (laughs) yep it's uh it's wild to think about like where certain phrases and stuff come from yeah and i mean i don't necessarily think that like describing or like kind of putting a gender on like a vehicle is like some kind of like moral horror or anything like that no i don't think um, it's awful either i think it's kind I mean, of go ahead oh yeah you go ahead no i cut you off you go <laughs> um i was just gonna say that 
I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing. I just think it's on that list of things to where like be sensitive to it and like yeah. know where it comes from. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole like, hey, um, you should probably know where your food comes from so that you know if you really want to eat it, if it aligns with like what you want to put in your body. Same thing with like just words, phrases, like culture. We're like, hey, know where the origins of things come from. And if it's from a place that you don't like or don't agree with, then like don't use it. Mm, definitely. And I think that's something that like, for one, I think this time of our lives that we live in, well, I, I think that sometimes it's frustrating how like sensitive we have to be at the same time. I think we've like evolved and like learned a lot in the past like mm -hmm. 10 years about things like things like that, honestly, that we need to like be more aware of. Yeah. And like, I think that um, so many people are like kind of either afraid if you're empathetic or just incensed by people like correcting you about like things. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like, Hey, so like, uh, this pronoun is actually this and I identify that like people just are so like afraid like oh I am so sorry and we we uh, have talked about this with our friend Ari before mm -hmm. about how like people just over apologize or they do the opposite and they're like oh that's that's like so like woke and like irritating and like yeah what is America coming to these days and I'm like I mean both of those reactions are stupid don't do either of those mm -hmm. just literally be like have a little bit of like self-awareness and be like oh sorry about that let me just correct that and we don't have to worry about it and yeah, I think I am open to everybody's experience I think respect has a lot to do with it yeah mm -hmm. and too like even if you don't understand something respecting it is still a nice thing to do you know mm -hmm. yep. yeah and that definitely applies to different people with different body types definitely So Del, this was a fabulous conversation, as always, about female bodies. And I definitely want to do a male body specific episode too. Oh yeah. For where sure. I kind of talk about like my experience and like what I've what I've seen as like a personal trainer and in my workout journey and like what I've felt and like pressures and all that. But that is for another time. What were what, was there anything else you wanted to add to this conversation before we sign off? You know, I don't know if it's really the place for this conversation, but I would like to touch at some point on not, okay, so I'm going to say what it is. I'm going to explain what I mean though afterwards, okay? So, I will shut up. <laughs> I want to touch on sexism, but specifically about like the, um, hmm the very like like the roots of it like the historical like foundations of it and also like the mm -hmm. like the biological stuff that like accompanies it because i think there's definitely some things that parallel there so mm -hmm. that would be interesting to talk about but we should we should either a do some research for once in our lives in this podcast or better idea we find someone with actual expertise on it like i don't know like a gender studies professor yeah, yeah. i could like I could, because I mean, I just finished my grad school. Yay. Yeah. And uh, I have connections there that I could kind of look into to see if they would want to come on and talk about that stuff. Because I think of it's a definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Did I forget to tell you that personally? Um, no, you told me, but you told me you were almost done. Like you had oh, a couple yeah. more assignments, but I didn't yeah. realize that you were like 
Done. Turned in the last one a couple of days ago. Congratulations. So. You have a master's now. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I'm still waiting on like the, still waiting on like the, what's it called when they like, oh, the degree audit. Oh, right. But uh, I got, I got all them grades. But so you're like good. done. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. But yeah, I, def- I definitely want to talk about like the origin of like sexism, gender discrimination, that type of stuff. Yeah. And like the, the bedrock reasons for it Ooh, that's a nice word bedrock Ooh, i'm gonna use that <laughs> do it <laughs> just uh throw me a nickel every time you use it. <laughs> trademark mm-hmm. well Dell, anything else before we sign off no i think that was a great conversation i like that we delved into that I got a little personal absolutely a little bit. Absolutely. yeah as we often do. As we often do. I don't know if it's because, because I always consider myself, a, consider myself a private person. But then when we get into conversations like these, I'm like, no, it's good talking about it. I don't know why. Maybe just have to like go up the right avenue to get me to open up. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're all taught to a certain degree, like, hey, it's better to like be seen than heard. Yeah, definitely. And no, it's, it's good to be heard. Oh, for sure. But anyway, as always... I am Curtis Cooper. And I am Delaney. And this has been Deconstructing. Stay loose. Stay loose.